right, Coach. I think we're live. Hey, hey, hey. Thanks for family. What's going on? It's Thursday. I feel like it's a hump day. <laughs> I tell you, Coach, I have my kids virtually learning. They're still at their school, you know, but virtual, the virtual experience is an experience for the parents too. You know, we have different roles now. I'm a teacher. All of a sudden, I'm a tutor, you know, and, um, but it, it's it's been fun, but it's always good to settle down and relax with our Facebook friends and uh, have my special guest on. So tonight, ladies and gentlemen, I have a very important person uh, to us and my kids. Um, his name is Eugene Robinson. Um, he was an NFL player. He is an amazing coach, minister, husband, father, best friend, friend. I don't know. You can list it all. I think you, you play all of those roles and you wear all of those different hats. So we've got Eugene Robinson, Coach Rob, a.k.a. Jeannie Rob, on the line with us today. And I'm excited for you to be with us. Um, so we're going to get started. One of my friends usually texts me and let me know that I'm good to go because, you know, I'm not a fan of um, all of the social media and all of that good stuff. But I think we're good. I think we are good. So. Coach, I just wanted to start by saying, um, wanted to have you on because you are so consistently consistent, right? Um, so I am curious if during this season, this whole quarantine, COVID-19, you are still that person. You are still consistently consistent. <laughs> I tell you what, this has been a monkey wrench for everybody. And it's been unprecedented that uh, our entire country, nation, everybody's going through the exact same thing. Yeah. Um, and it, 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 it definitely gets your attention. And I think we I just had to adjust to this this new normal like everybody else has been able to adjust. Uh, my job, I, I work for, for those who don't know, I work for WCNC. Um, I also work with the Carolina Panthers doing a pre and a post game. And so I've had to adjust. Mainly what I do now is Zoom calls. And even in my Zoom calls, I get up in my Zoom calls and get excited in my Zoom calls. Yeah. I've always gotten energy, a lot like you, from people. I've I love being around people. I love, I love coaching. I love um, the interaction, and and because of that, I get energized when I'm talking to someone, and I, I get really enthusiastic. And I think I've always been that way. God has yeah. made me that way. So um, that's what you see consistently is this high energy with me. Yeah, yeah. So tell us a little bit about um, with you doing the pregame and all of that good stuff. So is the NFL back and running, or just less games? What's going on? So the NFL is back up and running. Uh, they uh, There's no preseason games. There would have been actually three preseason games already because the season typically starts the last, almost the last week, July 23rd, 24th. But the first preseason game is right around August 1st, August 2nd. And by the time we get out of August, we would have had close to four preseason games and getting ready for the regular season. Yeah. We're just getting ready for the regular season. And so teams are in their bubble, if you will, a little bit, yeah. um, doing the uh, the waiting and the washing the hands and a whole protocol of a PPE and a whole protocol of keeping yourself safe down at the stadium um, that they're doing, the NFL is doing. And so yeah. uh, they changed the entire look of it just to get ready to play games. Now, they're still wondering if they're going to have fans in the stands. Um, yeah. What that's going to look like, whether it's going to be 13,000, because every stadium is like 70,000 people. But now it may be something totally different. We have to do social distancing. Those parameters and those things are not worked out yet, but we'll see. Oh, my goodness. Hey, Eric Johnson. What's up? Another uh, retired player as well and MLB player. 
Um, I just love to hear your, your guys' thoughts about this. Um, so like you said, the entire country, hey, Lynette, um, is, is having to shift, right? So it isn't just, you know, sometimes we used to say with our track athletes, I got this from Coach Will, like, you know, well, it's raining, Coach. Well, when it's only raining in your lane, then you'll look at this, right? But if it's raining in everybody's lane, then don't complain. So so I, I do, I love that you mentioned that everyone is going through this. This isn't just one, it isn't just one particular, you know, state or anything. It's the entire country that's dealing with it. So your advice um, for athletes, um, young athletes, you know, you coach a lot of folks. Um, we coach a lot of track and field together. Yes. I appreciate you hiring me, coach. Uh, well, and awesome. By the way, one of the best hires I ever did was oh. to hire you and, and Jason. Absolutely. Oh, one of the I best hires I ever did. Dang, that means a lot. I tell you, like, it, man, y'all don't understand. Coach Rob is like this big dude, right? But he is so sweet. Like you, and you're always the same, always smiling, always find the positive thing in everything, right? It, it could be something like terrible, but you'll find something that's very positive in it. So let's go to that first, because I was gonna talk to you about that. You actually got to see um, Kingston, or Kingston, my bad. Everybody's at home, y'all. <laughs> you just, I got a dog doing whatever. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> um, so you actually, you know, got to see Jason and I work together. Oh, yes. And so I do really feel that you were strategically placed in my life. Um, but it, but I, I have this special connection with you guys that were able to see us as a team, you know, because that was like my counter. That was my teammate. You know, we did everything since we were 19, you know. And so um, I think you were just able to kind of see us function together as husband and wife and, and coaching staff and everything. And then, you know, kind of see me alone, you know? So what are your thoughts about that when you see kind of like a team um, break up or separate or lose someone that was very important in their in their lives or, or on their team? Cause you played for the major, you know, um, the major league. So it's, it, I know that you've had to pivot before and you've seen a lot. Well, well, first of all, coach, let me just say um, you and Jason is what I needed. And so yeah. I had no idea that I needed you guys until I needed you guys. And wow. when I was interviewing you and, and then got to meet Jason, I was like, man, this is going to be the perfect compliment because before that, prior to that season, we were having a very tough men. The coaching staff was not together. It, it was fragmented. Yes. And because of that fragmentation, the kids suffered because of that. Yeah. When I got you guys, you, you brought stability and you brought, you, you brought know-how, intellect, academics, a toughness because you always say you know you you say you're too light on my babies i need to be a little oh. bit tougher you know and i said look i'm gonna give it over to you you do your thing and i gave it over to you you did your thing and caught yeah. attention and they absolutely loved you Coach, so, you, said, you were so so sweet to them God, yeah, because, let us have them let us get at them yeah, because the coaching staff before wasn't sweet to them they were yeah. being it was it was it was it was a tough time for them and so i needed someone like you to be able to bridge that gap and to yeah. meet them at the point of their need. And you guys did that. And then when right. we end up losing uh, Jason, yeah. not only did you have to pivot, I know that we had to pivot because we're a family. Yeah. And I felt that community family that now it was more about how do I take care of Coach La? How yeah. do we take care of, of, uh, of your kids? How do, we, how do we go ahead and support that? And that would just lip service saying, hey, I'll pray for you. But to actually do something that is 
that is tangible, that you can feel, that you can, that you wouldn't know because you're going to be in a haze and you're going to be in this daze yeah. and it's funk and still life goes on and you still yeah. got bills, you still got things you got to do. Well, how can we mitigate that and how can we come alongside you to take that burden off of you so that you don't have to think about it? That was one of the missions I thought that God was putting in my yeah. head. Hey, how do we take care of one of our, one of our own? And and, there Man, you go, and, do so. and that's exactly what you did. And you did it without asking, you know, and I know a lot of widows, like I said, um, but everyone is grieving something right now. Right. And, and I just love the fact that um, you didn't, you didn't necessarily ask, you just jumped in and uh, you guys just got the job done. I mean, and I'm grateful for that. I um, come on coach. I'm trying to like stay focused. <laughs> I, I tell you, there were just, there was a team of you guys, you know, and I, I, I'm afraid to list names because I don't want to forget any. Um, but that it community, was a team. it was a team effort, man. Team effort. I, I tell you what. But when I say that you guys stepped up, when I say you were like, I'll make the calls or no, coach, we got you. And uh, coach, send me this. You know, you just you did it without asking. I, I just thank you and your beautiful wife, because um you know, and the, and the entire team of folks, I mean, we stood on y'all shoulders. I mean, it was a good uh, over a year of just like literally you guys really holding us up. So I, I do appreciate that. Well, how do you, um, uh, two things I want to go back to meeting the athlete where they are um, and knowing what your athletes need. Coach Barrow, we, we've talked about, um, Michael Barrow, we've talked about, you know, being able to change your coaching style, but not your standards, right? And being able to meet someone where they are and, and can flip the way you coach them based on how they receive, you know, have you ever, do you ever speak with your athletes in that term, in those terms and say, you know, and figure out how they like to be coached? Well, yeah, because I mean, as a coach, I think it's probably one of your, you gotta be, be able to identify what players need what. Can, who can I get on? Who do, who needs the encouragement? Who may be suffering at home or maybe have a different life where they need a dad figure to put an arm around them like this? Oh, you got this, dude. You yeah. got this. Or it may be something like this. Go, dude, come on, man. I really need you to do. You know, it's you got to be able to define that and find out what makes your kids tick. Are they sensitive? Watch the tone of voice. Uh, right. how, how do you speak to them? How do you mm -hmm. look at them? All those things matter. Right. And then I got to get you to do your job. And I got you yeah. to get you to believe that you can even do more. And so yeah. from that standpoint, as a coach, and you know this so well, is that we have an awesome responsibility because we can't treat everybody the same. Right. You, you still have your standards. And I got to go ahead and make sure that I am speaking into the life of my knowing what the kids love language is if it's words of affirmation is it gifts what what is it so that i can get you moving in that same direction where i want you to be and then coach having them see where they start and then where they finish because yeah. it's always a, a, a journey it's like hey we got a personal journey and we got our team journey here we'll see where you start and where you finish because i bet you if we're talking about track here when you run 100 meters or 200 meters early in a season and you run it at the end of the season, you'd be surprised how much you can beat at the end of the season, end of the season your, your first season self. Give yeah. me that, that first season self by 10 yards, 20 yards. And you need to know that. You need yeah. to know the time of that. You need to know if it's 1.5 seconds. Is it two seconds? You need to know that. So I'm going to walk you through it so you know what. What does two seconds look like in a track meet? How yeah. much that difference? So now when I show you that, you go, 
wow, I made some improvement. And Absolutely. That's what I want you to see. So it's all about that PR, personal records, right? We talk about that a lot because with track and field, I mean, we grew that team for, from 40 athletes to 120 athletes, right? And so or 102 or whatever it was last year. Yeah. And and oh, it was more than that. But we we allow athletes to come as they are. We meet them where they are. And then we find we, we teach them what a personal record is. And I encourage women and men on a daily basis, even in your profession, whatever you're wanting to do, to find a way to um, make sure you are PRing, like right in your own life, finding a way to be better than you were yesterday. You know, the grieving process is no joke. It's no joke because it hits you out of the blue. You have no idea when it's going to smack you. Something can happen. And it's like, whoa, why did that make me a little emotional? You know, but if I am better than I was yesterday, then I'm good to go. Let's let's move to um, you see trainer Fletch that definitely have to be able to coach each child differently. But without losing how you coach. Totally agree. Oh, totally agree. Oh, yeah, totally yeah. agree. Trainer Fletch. I looked at that quote right there. And, I mean, it should be a quote because that's yeah. exactly what you got to do. You got to be able to teach each child without losing how you coach. Yeah. That, that's a tough task, but that's what's needed. And yeah. when you're able to do that, I, if kids, I would say with kids like you and they improve, man, you're a really good coach. Yes, yes. And I also think you're a great coach when the parent can say, um, because I, I just think one of the best compliments we got was uh from Stephen Israel, you know, one of the fastest out there, right? Yep. And he said, Man, coach, you guys allowed me to be a dad, you know, and these are your great friends, right? And so, but for us, it's just like, whoa, you know, that's a that's a huge compliment to allow you guys to be a dad, like just to to sit on the sideline and 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 watch that or sit in the stands for track and field and just let us coach coach your babies up. So that was always, that was always great to hear. Hey, Eva, miss you girl. Um, okay. So coach, you talked about being fragmented where your coaches were a little disjointed. Yes. Um, how do we, how would you coach up a family? Because you have a, a very lovely family. I mean, gosh, first of all, all y'all gorgeous. Right. And, um, <laughs> but then outside of that, you have a smart family and they're doing their things all over the country. Right. Um, how would you, what advice would you give families? Because now we are, you know, we are at home with each other. Everyone is together for months, 24 hours a day. And um, things may come up, right? You're having to live in the situation and, and it's just life, right? But if we're a little fragmented, how, what advice would you give families to kind of get back on the same page and continue to move through life together? So I'm a product of team. I've I played professional football for 16 years. I've I've been coached all my life, whether that is in high school, whether that is in college, and then in the pros. And so I got to go back to the same model that God has allowed me to go ahead and live under, which is coaching and a team. And when we have a family that's fragmented, it is so important. The Bible says, but people perish for lack of vision. It's so important to have a clear vision and a team. And so for the mom or the dad, they are the coach. They're the head coach. The kids are the players in this. Yeah. They, are, they, they are the athletes in this. But the mom and the dad, they are the coach. And they got to have a clear vision. And then as they articulate that clear vision of what we're going to do as a family, what our character is going to be as a family, who we are as a family, all that stuff that they articulate that, then they put in measures to help the kids accomplish that. Right. Them to go ahead. Whether how, what does that look like for family? What does it what does it look like when you talk about being kind to one another, or self sacrifice, or doing your best, or working hard, or 
you know, being praised. What does that look like? And if that's modeled by the parent, yeah, even in fragmented situations, the kids usually fall right in line. Yeah. Because kids want to go ahead and mimic what they see. And if they get got a good model, what's happening, even you could be having the bad or the worst day, but if they got a good model, something that's really consistent that they can see, they most likely will go to emulate and they most likely will fall in love with what they're what they're doing. So yeah. I really see as a I see families as little teams and that you gotta be able to how do you talk to your teammate? Do you use harsh words? How do you well, you know, is it, are you always angry? Are you mad? The Bible said, don't let your, uh, let the sun go down on your anger. So you got to get rid of get all that stuff. Do you say you're sorry? Do you ask for forgiveness? They got to see all that vulnerability, but they'll see a plan. And then typically they follow because as a head coach track, or I'm a wrestling coach, I'm a football coach. We have a plan. And here it is. I never usurp the head coach's plan. I fall in line and I right. do what the coach says. Right. And the same thing in the family, whatever the plan that we have as a family, I would come alongside Lakeisha's plan for her right. family to go ahead and help out, but not try to erase Lakeisha's plan for her right. family. And so yeah. parents need to go ahead and identify what that is, work on what that looks like, and then move forward because the kids typically will fall in line if you model it with good behavior and good encouragement. Love that. Talk about forgiveness a little bit. You mentioned that. You know, and sometimes there's, I mean, gosh, I, I've dealt with family members even that it's just difficult to say, I'm sorry, you know, or I apologize for something. And um, it's something that I teach my Charlotte Mecklenburg students often because it's it, that eye contact and apologizing and not only apologizing, but the other person accepting the apology and moving on. What are your thoughts about that? And as a man, you know, um, dealing with your your wife, your children, your your athletes, your friends, you know, do you think it's important for a man to show that he can apologize? Oh, ab absolutely. So for my forgiveness thing and what God taught me happened with my dad. My dad was an alcoholic. And okay. my dad, alcoholism, we kind of grew up in that stuff. And it was sometimes he would be he would be he would be tough on my mom and be physical with my mom my mom and I got as a young kid I had this I had this burning almost hatred inside mm -hmm. my heart and when, when I became a Christian when I went to went to college I became a Christian gave my life over to Jesus Christ on uh, June tenth nineteen eighty four I can remember going back to my dad my dad had waited for me to um, turn eighteen to divorce my mom so he wouldn't have to do anything so yeah. but so in any event. I become a Christian. I go back to my dad and I ask my dad to forgive me. And I asked him, would he forgive me for the bitterness and the anger that I had I held all this time because I thought that he wasn't a very good dad. And wow. my dad said to me, I was, ex I was hoping that one of my kids would extend an olive branch out to me so we can kind of mend this. Cause I didn't know how to go ahead and do it. And I said to my dad, Jesus forgave me of something I could never, ever, ever, repay. My yeah. sins are too too big. And I thank God that he forgave me. I said, there's no way that I'm going to hold all the things that you did against you, even though I know it didn't work out for my good or my mom's good. I need to ask for your forgiveness so that we can make amends. God taught me that lesson a long, long time ago. That was back. And then here's the kicker. I end up leading my dad to Christ and, and was end up being one of the guys instrumental in baptizing my dad. 
And that changed my entire life because my family, I could have kept my kids away from my dad. I didn't. I was like, hey, we're a family. I'm going to bring my kids around you. I'm going to, you're going to know, I'm going to, I'm going to love on you. I'm going to love yeah. on you. But it was only the power of what God had put in my heart of forgiveness because of what God did for me and forgave me that I was able to go ahead and extend that to my dad. And let me just tell you for your fa- uh, the people who are watching and listening, if you can't say you're sorry, if you can't, don't have forgiveness in your heart, oh my goodness, you are setting yourself up and your family for failure. Wow. One of the best things you could do is say, oh man, it's my bad, Coach La. I'm sorry, yeah. I didn't know I stepped on your toes. What yeah. I, and be contrite with it and and actually say, hey, I, I'm sorry. What do I need to make it right? How can yeah. I make it right? That's the backbone of it. That's what God expects us to go ahead and, and do with each other. And so I've learned that a long time ago. So as a man, I'm not afraid to say, hey, it's my bad. I'm sorry. Yeah. What do I got to do to make it right? So what about the situations where um, you don't receive a sorry? Do you think it's still important for you to just forgive the person for what they what they've done? and still kind of move on in life? Well, even if you don't, see, sometimes you don't, sometimes you don't get that because you, sometimes you may not get the sorry, but that's not what God asked you to do. God asked you to forgive. Yeah. So whether you got the sorry or not, your responsibility is to not hold it against them. Yeah. Not hold it against them because then God can use that to go ahead and change their heart. It may be later down the road. I had people apologize to me at like, Way later in life, like later, yeah. like two, yeah. three years later. Hey, man, you know what, man? That was my bad. I'm sorry. But I was trying to make amends and ask for forgiveness. It's not, but didn't receive it until later on. That's one of the things that God does to keep you close to him. Yeah. yeah. You got that out there. And now what are you going to do? You're going to hold it against that person. You're going to throw it in their face or right. really forgive them, even though it's not reciprocated. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't reciprocated for the Lord Jesus Christ. Right, yeah. right, right. right. Them for they know not what they do. There we go. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I love this coach. Dang. Okay, so guys, I um listen. I know Coach Rob is, is busy. He's he's got a busy lifestyle as well. I want you guys to throw some questions out there if you have any questions or just topics you want us to cover before we we get off. We have a few more minutes here. Um, let me say what's up to Eureka, Lynette. What's up, girl? I will be. I may see you this weekend. Tanisha, hey, hey, hey. Um, if we, if you guys have any questions, Eva, I love your comments. It's so funny that you um, you put a few comments in there as Coach Rob was talking about it. So thank you for that, Adam. What's going on? Um, but I, um, Coach, I just I appreciate everything that you have have done in my life and and just watching you. You know, it's been such a pleasure. I remember you coming to me during the interview process and you said, "Hey, you know, um, this is going to be a ministry." You know, and I'm like, "Whoa, track and field a ministry?" You know. And I was like, yes, I want you to pray about it and then give me an answer, you know, and it is, it is absolutely a ministry and um, our uh, workouts are not easy at all now that you have let go, right? Because you were protecting those babies at first. Then when you let us after them, we, we can get them, you know, and and um, it isn't easy, but we make sure that we um, cover scripture prior to so that they know what they, what they can lean on to get, to get through the, uh, the workout and all of that good stuff. Life is not always easy, but um, I was listening to a speaker the other day, Elizabeth, and, and she said, man, there's always a reward on the other side of the obstacle, you know, and um, I want you to talk a little bit about that, just kind of going through obstacles and 
knowing that there's a reward and it's not on our time, right? It's not, um, cause I'm still hustling, you know, and I, I still have conflicts going on with, with certain folks. And, and I know they're going through the grieving process in my family and I get it. Um, but you know, there's still stuff that I'm dealing with. I'm just in a different space. You know, I think I was born to be a coach and, and to really just, I, I always lead with what God has given me. And like Tanisha mentioned, leading with love and living, you know, just letting love show up before the anger, the resentment and all of that good stuff. But um, talk to us a little bit about that. Um, Cause I, I'm just curious to, you know, what advice you can give us. Well, uh, obstacle in front of you is not, it's not something just to, like to, um, to hold you back or to, right. to retard where you're going. It's, it's not that it's used by God to make you more and more like Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's what it's used by. I mean, God uses the things that you have to go through. The The Bible says this. I am confident of this, that God has begun a good work in you will complete it in the day of Christ Jesus. He takes everything and allows you to go through it so that you're more and more like Jesus Christ when you come out on the other side. So when yeah. it's an obstacle, the obstacle is there for your good. It's not there for your bad. It's not there for your impediment. It's there yeah. to make you more and more like Jesus Christ. The Bible says this. And we know that all things work together for yes. good, for those that love God, and I call it to, according to his purpose, mm -hmm. Romans 8, 28. The Bible, pre uh, it says, and we know. What do we know? We know that life is tough, and there's always adversity. There's always obstacles. But we know mm -hmm. that all things work together for good for those that love God yeah. and call it according to his purpose. That's what God is saying. Look, I know it's going to be tough. I know it's going to be hard. Yeah. I know you're going to lose something that's going to be so important to you in the midst of when you guys are moving, got all business going on. You're going to lose something yeah. that's really tough. But I'm telling you that it's not only that, that it's for the kingdom of God that it works out for your good. How did it works out for your good? I don't know. But God said it does. It does. And, and, and we don't know when. We don't know when, but it will, you know. Um, it will. It will. You got to push through it. You got to yeah. keep going. You got to keep moving through it. You can't start walking up the mountain and you get halfway or a third way. So I'm going to go back down. You got to keep yeah. You got to keep moving. Yeah. And sometimes we're afraid to keep moving and, and keep moving on. Yeah. But, you know, and we know that all things work together for good for those that love God. And I call it to this purpose. And all things mean all. Yeah. It means all. God wow. takes every bit of your disappointment, your successes, your hoorays, the mourning, the rejoicing, all that stuff, and makes it for your good. <laughs> Get him, coach. This there is. is. He makes it for the good of God. That's what he does. He builds his kingdom with people. That's us. That's our, yes, his people. I love when you say his people. What is the most memorable impact you made for one of your students? Is there anything that sticks out? You know, um, I meet with students all the time and I, and what they'll do when they come back from college is say, call up coach Rob, let's go out and go have lunch. So I can kind of catch up with what you're doing. I had a student just call me the other night. He wants me to meet one of his friends who's just a transplant into, into the Charlotte area. And I'm like, well, I asked my man, Kelby, I said, Kelby, why do you want me to, he said, coach, you have no idea how much that you mentored me just by your example. You don't even know. He said, so I was figuring out who can we have, who can go ahead and talk to my friend. He said, and I thought of you and I was, I didn't want to presume about your time and snap. And I'm sitting there going like this. I had no idea. I know him. I know him extremely well, yeah. snap, but I know a lot of my other students extremely well, but to have him have that type of impact and thinking of me like that to go ahead and, and to move. That's why I mean, my, 
this is ministry and, and to help his friend. Well, I'm going to be getting with his friend, uh, Lord willing, early part of next week, getting together yeah. with his friend. But it's those type of stories that's like that, that I don't even know that I'm helping someone. I'm just doing what God has called me to do, which is oh, yeah. I'm a coach. And, coach. and it's generations. You've been, you know, you've been coaching. So your kids are gone. They're, they're not even at the school anymore. But you do so. I mean, I have no idea what it would be like without you being there coaching and hearing your voice and you just being loud, even a wrestling room. You know, it's crazy. You get at it with these big dudes. I mean, you get at it. I mean, everybody, you know, they got to come and get locked up real quick. So, yeah, I mean, I think um, and we were talking, um, Coach Kennedy and I and, and Coach T. What's up, Coach T? Um, all of our coaches, Zap. I wonder why Zap isn't catching me live. He usually catches up. But um, we were all we were just at the school a few weeks ago, maybe a month or two ago. And your name came up. Gosh, we went down memory lane just talking about you. It's not that it was like a Coach Rob Appreciation Day, but we just had so many great things to say about you. So I just I know that you're making an impact, you know, and, and I they, we need it. We all do. Eva, how do you weave Christ into your conversations with athletes? Well, I think that's a little bit easy because it's much more um, by what you do than what you say. Um, and so they'll, they'll get a chance to see they'll get a chance to see you. And 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 in any sport, your character is going to come out. It's going to come out whether you like it or not. I'm going to yeah. know. I'm going to know exactly. You know, because I'll tell some of my kids, "Hey man, you might want to use other words." What do you mean, Coach Rob? I said, "Well, I know you cursing underneath your breath. I can hear you, dude. You know, right. I, I can hear you. It's going to come out." And so, from that standpoint, it's not what you, it's not what you 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 say, it's what you do. You know, yeah. and and. And I would encourage you to continue to read your Bible because what happens is God will start taking his words and they become your words. Woo! And they become your words because you start to live it and whatnot. And it just wells yeah. out of you, out of you. And now you you know, you you start quoting scripture. Like I would be quoting scripture when I'm in a public setting at a public school, not even using the verses. I said, Where's that? Just quoting and saying, you know, you know. Bad company cross good morals. And I would, you know, treat others more highly than yourself. I would be saying Bible verses. I didn't know I was saying Bible verses all because it's been all poured in me. Yes. That was coming out. Absolutely. I mean, and, and it, you really can't help it. I've been talking uh, this week. Um, I'm an avid instructor and I've been talking to my, my public school students just about what you put in because when life hits you, Unexpectedly, that's what comes out. That's what's coming out. You're like, oh, you're so strong and you're so it's like, listen, this joy and everything. Jason and I, we said to each other years ago that our joy doesn't come from each other, right? It comes from the Lord. And and this is a supply. I mean, you just can, you know, forever receive joy. So if you don't put that burden on your your relationship, your partner, then it's not like, oh, he's not making me happy. She's not making me happy. It, I don't, that's not my role. That's not my job. So mm -hmm. Um, so very, very good. Let's see if there's any other questions, coach. Um, so coach, I am going to follow up with you later. You know, we are putting together a class for those who have dealt with a major setback or just feeling stuck. Right. And so I've got all my coaches, all my people, cause I have my starting five, you know, you were one of the starting five and then I have my 10, right? My team, this is my team. And, uh, but anyway, coach, I went down to the track before we got the lines put on a track. Uh -huh. I tell you, so many topics came to mind. 
to see a track without lines. And then if they are off with putting the lines or, you know, because everything is put into a, it's a formula, you put it in and the machine paints the track. But if, if someone is off, you know, you just think about running an event and you got a faster time because our lines were off or something like that, right? You make it all the way to nationals, but why are you a second slower than everybody? Because your lines were off, because you were trusting someone else to put those 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 lines in your life. And, and just trusting God and not having those parameters sometimes is the best way to go. So I just, I want everyone to know that you can grow through grief. We're all grieving something, our normal day-to-day -day lives, um, just the things that we typically do, wake up and, and leave out the house to do, we aren't able to do any longer. We're having to wear masks. I'm a people person. I love hugging. I love shaking hands and I love meeting. A, no one's a stranger, right? And um, so I'm grieving that. But everyone is grieving a ton right now. And I just want you to give your last and final words. Um, if you would, Coach Eddie Samuel, that's one of my coaches too. I got to introduce you guys to, to each other. He's amazing. You guys would love each other. Um, but I would love for you to just give your final words before we, we dump off. The Bible says a weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. And there is a process that where you go through, you go through this weeping phase and that, but the Bible says in second Corinthians about the comfort of God in the first chapter it talks about that God comforts us with this comfort that comes from him, that we in turn can now comfort others with the same comfort that we've already received from God. And mm -hmm. so that's what we kind of like all call to do. So whether we're going through something, Somebody else is already going through what you're going through and they get to be that template and that model. There's nothing that's new under the sun at all. Nothing, nothing new under the sun. God uses people to go ahead to speak into other people's lives so that when they look at that person, they can see God clearly. And so from that standpoint, I was just, I would tell you here that it's life ebbs and flows. The Bible says in this world, you should have much tribulation, but give, be of good cheer. I've overcome it. What does that mean? It means that stuff happens, stuff happens, but you're in the hand of God. And when you're in God's hand, can, nobody can snatch you out of his hand. And being in his hand is the safest place to be, whether you're in a storm, whether you're in a calm, whether you're on a boat, whether you're on a train, whether you're on a plane, being in his hand is the safest place to be because yeah. he promises to take you home. And so from that yeah. standpoint, you've got to be in the hand of God. If you're not in the hand of God, then all the other stuff that militates against you, well, guess what? That's going to be very, very tough. So I would say to your audience this, if you don't know Jesus, you need to know Jesus. Woo! Because that is the, and you need to know Jesus and Jesus needs to know you because then inside that is what you are looking for to handle the adversity and successes in your life. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, coach. Dang, we could have gone for an hour, Coach, honestly. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to have to have you back on. I, I like to get a couple of my buddies, um, Kay Lou and Michael Barrow. It's, it's something working with athletes. It's, it's, it's very, like, you know, Eva's saying, I, I love her comment, and then I promise we'll get off. My athletic career has been one of my biggest assets in business and life. It is something about being an athlete, yes. right? Um, you have to show up at your best every time like with track and field that's why i love football players and basketball players coming out and baseball but especially football because they are everything is all about football right but when they hit that track and they go through our conditioning we shake them up we shake them up a little. <laughs> they realize, oh my goodness <laughs> they're, 
puking. You're on the sideline puking, and it's okay. It's okay. I'm like, coach, that'd be all right. Just walk away, coach. Um, but it, it's something about having to show up, get on the track. You have a track meet. You run your fastest time. Guess what? Next week, you have to run your fastest time ever. Every time you show up, you have to be better than you were before. And I just think it's important. That's why we have the programs, even for the younger athletes. If your kid is not an athlete, it's still good to put them on a team, right? Yeah. Um, and, and allow us as coaches to turn them into some sort of athlete. If they aren't a runner, they may be a jumper, they may be a thrower, right? Or they just may be great on a team. So I encourage you guys to be a team as a family. I appreciate you, Coach Rob, man. I love you. I, I, I will always, always just think the most of you and, and the highest of you. Um, you are you are doing God's work for sure. And um, and I, I truly appreciate that. So you guys be a team at home. Um, I've got a lot of uh, NFL wives jumping on Asia. Hey, hey. So I know y'all rocking it at the house as a team, but be a team. guys. Let's get through this whole COVID-19 quarantine thing as a team and be at our best. We appreciate you guys and we'll see you all next time. Peace. Ah. Peace Coach Law. All right. Peace. Deuces. Deuces.